podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction, uh, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in. Lascelles are freshly introduced and scoring! Now skip! Pichaco Romero. He is trying it again and wins it. Great work from Romero! Could this be a chance for Sonoma? That is quite something from James Madison! Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. I'm your host, Matt Hayes, with some big shoes to fill tonight. Of course, Ricky, not with us this evening, but... uh, Murphy's Law tried to take hold in the preparation for the show from UK air traffic control getting in Ricky's way to StreamYard access issues getting in mine. Uh, it's been it's been an eventful 20 minutes trying to get this show on the road, but thankfully we are here, we're ready to go, and we're joined by a fantastic guest. As I've got big shoes to fill, I'm lucky to have this incredible guest beside me to help us navigate through the, the medley that is Tottenham Transfer News at the moment. I'm delighted to say, uh, for the second time this transfer window, we are joined by the fantastic Sammy Mockbell. Sammy, thank you so much for your time tonight in what is uh, no doubt a, a very very busy period for you um just give us a quick insight into into what it's like in, in your world at the moment at the end of the season because i cover england as well you so the last game that i covered was Malta away and you always have the intentions or i always have the intentions uh perhaps quite lazily over the summer just to try and have a little bit of, a little bit of um, time off take a to, you know to, you know try and chill as much as you can but this um, this window has just been absolutely absolute madness and you know, in terms of a Tottenham point of view you, you've got so much business done early um then went through a bit of a lull um right at the start of the window the whole Declan Rice um to Arsenal thing was happening and that was taking up a lot of my time um but yeah transfer windows tend to be tend to be crazy, but this one has been probably uh, the maddest one that I've covered uh, so far, really. Yeah, it's been it's been difficult to keep up with um, with everything that's gone on. And if we're a mini deadline day before the season started with the, the Caicedo and Lavia stories and, and so much more, if that's anything to go by, I think we could be in for a, a very, very entertaining couple of days and a very tricky yeah. couple of days for uh, for you, um, I've, I've, I've no doubt. But look, we've got, we've got plenty to to get into tonight. And I think like we do in all these shows, we're going to start with you by by discussing the, the new man in charge of Spurs um, uh, over his his first transfer window at the club. Of course, Ange Postacoglu uh, made an instant impact both on and off the pitch, it seems, for Spurs, with a very, very good start in the league. And of course, we do have to caveat that with the the, the disappointing exit from the, the Carabao Cup last night at the hands of London rivals Fulham. Feels as though it's one that, that could have been avoided, but the, the the general signs, the overall signs at the moment are are very, very positive. And the, the team that Postacoglu has inherited was, was a bit of a mess at times last season, but he's managed to turn it into... Um, a side that looks to have a bit more intent and a bit more bit more structure about them. What what have you made, Sammy, to the start of the season under the new man? Yeah, listen. In terms of in terms of the Premier League, which is the bread and butter, it's been it's been an impressive start, really. And uh, I can only kind of relay what what I'm hearing sort of behind the scenes, and I I can't stress enough the the positivity that's coming that's coming out of the camp. And, you know, even some of the players that aren't playing, I won't name them, but some of the, you know, the players aren't playing who, 
in general, in usual circumstances, would you know throwing their be throwing their toys out of the pram. Even they're struggling to find any find a bad word to say about him because he's he's a really amiable guy. He's personable, and I think he has the kind of outlook, no nonsense approach to management that players like. They like players like to know where they stand, and from from what I'm from what I gather. And from what I hear out of the, out of the Tottenham camp, he 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 he's exactly that. You know, he, he there's no kind of uh, skullduggery. He's just straight up and down. You know, you're playing, you're not. Here's why you're not playing. Here's why you're not in my plans. Um, and I think when you're a player, that's all all, all you can ask for. So obviously, on the pitch, you know, the, the, the football there is 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 for there, to, and, and everyone is there to be seen. You know, you know the days of. And of Antonio Conte, and you know, let's not forget that the success that Antonio Conte had in that first season, um, propelling the club to to Champions League qualification. But yeah, the, the the latter part of Conte's reign was was well, you know, everyone knows it was it was a miserable place to be, and the miserable and the and the football was was you know quite dull to watch. Um, but all, that's all changed now, and and, and Postecoglou's come there with this attacking approach. Possession-based approach, uh, and it's really attractive to watch. And I know we were only three games in, and we should all kind of put our foot on the ball and reserve judgment, you know, for maybe when we're ten to fifteen games in. But I think the early signs are really, really promising. Yeah, it is. When when you look back to to where we were six months ago, it's 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 chalk and cheese, and it's it's an incredible turnaround from a man who you know, has a history of, of playing such good football and has a very, very good reputation. Um, but to come into to the setup that he came into, I from from what I know, a little bit worse to, to what he's had to deal with at other clubs to to turn it around in the way that he has and to get not only the players on board, but the fans on board to, to such a degree as well is, is extremely impressive. And and part of that has been the the incredible recruitment in the window so far and the, the effect that some of our signings have had. You know, just to, to quickly recap over that business that we've done, um, our most recent deals were for the Dutch under-21 centre-back Mickey van de Ven and Alejo Valise as well from Rosario Central. Uh, van de Ven, only 22 years of age, he's come in for £34 million, potentially rising up to 43. And he, he's looked like a centre-back who, who's played in the Premier League for 10 years. He's He's been so so composed, so calm, and just so comfortable in that back line alongside Christian Romero. In, in terms of Elise, he's one a little bit more for the future. Uh, Thirty million pound fee for him to come in from Argentina, and before that, we brought in James Madison, of course, another huge impact signing. Guillermo Vicario, who after arguably a bit of a dodgy preseason, is, is performing very well in the league. And then uh, Manor Solomon and Ashley Phillips, of course, as well, coming in from Blackburn. What have you made of of those signings that we've made so far, Sammy? Yes, yes, I think I think. I generally think you've had a you've had a good window, um, and I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of Tottenham fans. Um, uh, it's, you know, it can be rather fashionable to have a dig at dig at the, the, the sort of the club's board and the hierarchy, and obviously Daniel Levy in general. But you got a lot of the business done early, and. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for 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 it, particularly when a new manager come to come in to have a, a relatively settled squad. Obviously, there was the big, the big hoo ha with Harry Kane, and you know, and no matter what Anne Postecoglou says, that would have been that would have been a strain on 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 his plans because you know you you don't know if you're planning your 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 team with one of the best strikers in the world, or if you're going to have to adapt your adapt your plan a little bit without him. Uh, but now that's over, 
if you if you reflect on on the business that they've done so far, I I, I think it's pretty positive. Obviously, we all know the last couple of days are going to be crucial, and I think we you know we know the areas that Tottenham are looking to strengthen in. You know, they want at least you know at least one wide player potentially two, and maybe also another kind of energetic centre midfielder if they can get one. Um, so, yeah, I, I the, the the problem is I think maybe a lot of fans will will grade the the transfer window based on what happens in the next 48 hours. But if you take the whole, and, and I get that, it's impulsive and, and you know, and, and football is an impulsive sport and it's an emotional sport and, and you know, and, and, and supporters can get wrapped up in that and emotion. But if, I think if you take the transfer window as a whole and you reflect on it on September the 2nd, I think Tottenham fans can look back at it and, and say, one, we've got a new manager that you all love, um, and who plays football, uh, a Tottenham brand of football that you've all, that you've longed for for you know for, for years since you know since Pochettino really, but you've also gone back and then you've bought some some positive players and and who are who are already kind of starting to show their worth and um, yeah I, I generally think it's been a positive window things could always be better but but it's it's tough. To, to operate in, in, in transfer windows because the best clubs are always going for the best players and, and they're at a premium. Um, and, it, and, and those deals are tough to get over the line. But so far, uh, I think it has been a good window for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think we, we were guilty of that last summer in terms of having a brilliant start to the window. And I, I wouldn't say things petered out, but the way it was a bit more quiet towards the end because we got a lot of business done early, it was... With how, how much deadline day is built up, it's kind of easy to, to be a little bit frustrated when we're maybe not involved in um in that craziness over, okay. over the last couple of weeks. But you mentioned there that the, the last 48 hours is going to be crucial. And, and there's a couple of players that Tottenham seem to be actively pursuing to, to try and bring in in the next 48 hours. And they're Brennan Johnson and Ansu Fati. Um, and the Nottingham Forest player, first of all, um they reportedly rejected a substantial offer from Brentford in the, the last couple of days. I think it was £43 million pounds, uh, that, that offer was rumoured to be. Um, Forest are believed to want up to 50 50 million pounds for the player if they are to part ways with him but Spurs maybe not at the moment convinced that the, the player is worth that much from a Forest perspective they do seem to be preparing for life without Ansu Fati they're closing in on a deal for Callum Hudson Adoy where where do we stand on, on Brennan Johnson's future yeah I think that those talks are ongoing absolutely genuine interest in in Brennan Johnson and and that's been an interest that I've been aware of since so it was just before I went on holiday. So mid mid July, uh, I think those those convers those first conversations started um, started taking place, um, which begs kind of begs the question: Why is it taken till now to try and you know get this deal over the line when he you know there's been an interest for 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 that long? Of, listen, of course, the whole Harry Kane thing, whether that money would be available, it was, was going to be an issue. We know now, obviously, that it is. Um, that situation, I think, will go to the wire. As you've alluded to there, man, I don't think Tottenham look at Brennan Johnson and think that they want to pay £50 million for him. I think they've looked at Brentford having a, having a, an offer turned down of £43 million and thought, wow, that, you know, that was probably the kind of maximum that, that they wanted to pay. But... Forest seem intent on, on getting the money that they that they believe he's worth, and um, 
yeah, those you know those conversations will will have will have to accelerate over the next twenty four forty eight hours. I think Tottenham will bid. Whether they meet the fifty million uh, remains to be seen. Whether it will take fifty million also remains to be seen. What I would say about the ta those tactics and leaving it as late as possible to get the best possible deal from Tottenham is where does that leave the player? You know, the player wants to come. But I'm I'm not sure Tottenham are making the best case to Brendan Johnson to say, look, we really really want you. You know, they, they're you know, if you really really want a player, you go and meet the asking price, and you do it way before the, the final day of the season, the final day of the transfer window. Um, so I just wonder in 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 his in Brendan Johnson's mind, I just wonder if, whether he's thinking, you know. Why wasn't this sorted sooner? Why are we leaving it so late? And you know the asking price. If you if you really want me that much, you just pay it. But you know Tottenham, are Tottenham, then Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy. We know he, he you know he he drives a hard bargain. He's one of the most fierce negotiators in in football. So he you know he will want to get the you want to get the, the you know the best possible deal for 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 the player. Um, but I I look at that situation and think it's you know. It, it could have been wrapped up a long time ago because without a shadow of a doubt, the player wants to come and I think Tottenham is his first choice, um, which is why I still expect it to happen. But I just feel it should have happened a, a lot sooner. In terms of the, the, the details of that bid that, that Tottenham might make, there's been rumours about whether or not some players might potentially be um, be involved in the deal there. And off the top of my head, names that have been mentioned are Davinson Sanchez and, and Brian Hill. Do, do you know if, if that interest is there from, from Forrest to get those players and, and for those players as well, if that's a move they might be open to? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about uh, from the Forest end, from the Forest end, but I certainly know that Tottenham have, um, are, are fully open to... to, to uh, including some of the fringe players in 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 that deal for Brendan Johnson, um, such as on those in these situations, I think that the, the the selling club would always prefer to have the money in the bank uh, than get a play than get a player that a, a club is just trying to offload. It kind of skew whiffs the deal a little bit financially, if that makes sense. I think you'd almost much rather just get the money and then they can do with what you know what they want to do with the money. Uh, having said that, because it's so late, Nottingham Forest haven't got haven't got the time to maybe potentially go and get the player, uh, the players that they want. Um, so I can, you know, I can kind of see it from both sides. I can see why why um, Tottenham would want would want to would want to um, include play include players so they can you know one get one one of those players off the way you want to bring the price down a little bit or, or not bring the price down but pay less sort of cash in hand to to Forest but then you know equally I look at I look at it and Forest and say well you know we don't really want to do that well we want the money so it's um, it's a bit of a yeah it's a bit of a catch twenty two there but I I I I still again I still again expect that deal to to, to accelerate in the next couple of days. Well, it will accelerate in the next couple of days. It's just whether it's just whether Forest are willing to take a little bit less than fifty million. Because I think I'm not sure Tottenham are going to want to go to that. Look, if if it is one that Spurs can pull off with with one or two players of the deal, it's it's two birds at one stone, which is 
probably the most effective way to get things done this late in the window, um, especially with the, the club's interest in some of our players. That, that list seems to be dwindling with, with every day that goes by. And it would also be typical Spurs if we brought in Brian Hill to replace Eric Lamella by swapping Eric Lamella, then loaning Hill back to Sevilla to play with Eric Lamella, then loaning Hill, uh, swapping Hill to get Hill's replacement. I mean, if that's not just a, a perfect summary of Spurs, it's like loaning PNR to Everton every six months as well back uh, a decade ago. Um, it would fit right into the business that we've been doing. Hi everyone, Crackers here with your Legend event update. Thursday the 14th of September at Mumbai Square near Liverpool Street Station. The one and only Alan Brazil was appearing. That's with a two-course meal. And VIP options, please go to closeencounter.events for your tickets. Friday the 15th of September, Dartford FC in Kent. Alan Mullery and Pat Jennings. H2Olegendevents.co.uk for your ticket needs there. Friday the 29th of September at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. The one and only Brazilian legend Sandro is appearing. Please go to at Mr. Cracker on the socials to see the poster and further details on your tickets and how to get those finally friday october the 13th camberley heath golf club echo61.co.uk have the one and only chrissy waddle appearing that comes with a free course meal and a fantastic old night out so there you go your update all done come on you spurs the other player that you mentioned there that the Tottenham are, are looking to potentially bring in uh, in the next couple of days is Ansu Fati. Um, Tottenham are reportedly ahead of Chelsea in the race to sign the, the 20-year-old on loan from Barcelona. Um, we've The club have held talks with Barcelona. However, it does look to be a difficult deal to do, mainly because of the, the significant wage bill that Ansu Fati would bring with him in Barcelona with their um, ever-present financial problems, expecting any side who does get Ansu Fati in to, to pay his full wages for the, the duration of that loan deal. Um, in, in terms of this pursuit, Sammy, how, firstly, how serious are Tottenham about this? And is this one that we might look to go for if Brennan Johnson doesn't happen? Or could we potentially see both of these players coming in? Yeah, I think there. I think there's a will to do both, uh, to do both players. That was sort of what I was led to believe earlier this morning. That if they finance, if you know, if they can financially seal that off and, and do both, I think it's it, you know they 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 they're open to doing that. But as you say, but I think as it stands, Barcelona insisted that they one they want. I think they want a loan fee. I wouldn't know how much, but they they want a loan fee. And two, they want his his wages covered. Uh, in full for the season, I think he's on between 150 grand and 200 grand a week, which is um, all in. Yeah, which is obviously a lot of dough, which is a lot of money, which is a big ask. Um, so I think that's why that uh, ha- not stalled, but I think that that that's where the the, the the make or break kind of factors will be, and whether Tottenham are prepared to do that, particularly if they want to do Johnson as well. Um, but I think that's got legs. I think Fatty's got legs. Um, from what I was led to believe this morning, they were they, it was a deal that they were looking to do in addition to Johnson rather than um, instead of Johnson. So, um, listen, there's still obviously a lot of time to go, still 48 hours to go and, and things can change. But um, he's one that's certainly on the radar for sure. And what can you tell us about the structure of that deal? Um, I understand if it's something that's so kind of early in, in the stages, if there's, if, if there's not that much info there, but is it maybe a one-year loan, two-year loan? Could there be an option to, to buy in there or could it just be a, a straight loan? Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about the option. I think it will be a one-year. I think they're looking at a 12-month loan for now. Um, but as I said, I think the, 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 the crux of that 
um, the crux of that deal will, will rest on whether Tottenham are prepared to suck up the the the, the entirety of his wages for uh, for for that twelve month period. Um, again, which, which is a which is a big ask, and um, particularly when you're, you you know you you particularly or possibly having to spend fifty million on 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 Brennan Johnson as well, and as we mentioned earlier, I'm sure we might touch on later potentially being in a centre midfielder. Um, that's a lot of outlay uh, in the final two days of the window. So there's a lot of kind of mechanics, and I think there's a lot of work to be done on on balancing the balance sheet as it were um if they can do that if 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 daniel levy looks at the numbers and thinks yeah we can make that work i, I think the will is there for the for them to do it um yeah we'll, we, we'll definitely touch on on the center midfielders um in a little bit but first i want to speak about center backs which <laughs> probably been seven eight years now it's been the the talking point of, of every transfer window for spurs and and despite the signings of mickey van de ven and ashley phillips already in this window and Postecoglou hasn't hidden the fact that ideally he would like to bring in another center back before the window closes now this is a couple of weeks ago and he said this maybe the the priorities have have shifted a little bit um a little bit since then um but we've been heavily linked for a move for edmund tapsoba for the the entirety of the window maybe gone a little bit quiet in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Fulham's Tossan Adarabayo has also been on that list and Torino's Pear Shores as well. Uh, about Fast, another name that's been um, kind of cropping up in the last week or so as well. A lot of Spurs fans were a little bit worried that Clement Longley might be coming back in. However, that's off the table now as he's closing in on a move to Aston Villa. Um, do you have any knowledge, Sammy, on, on what Spurs could potentially look to do with, with centre-backs over the next couple of days? Yeah, um, I think per, I think Pershaw has got has got legs, and they've looked at that deal uh, a lot over the summer. Um, for for some reason, though, they haven't um, they, you know they haven't pressed a button on that, which which may suggest one, there's other interest that Pers is, is is keeping his options open. Two, it's too you know potentially too expensive. I, it'll be interesting to see if potentially as expected. If Eric Dyer goes out the door um, in the next couple of days, how Tottenham react to that situation? Because you would have thought losing Eric Dyer, even though you know at the moment he isn't, uh, he isn't, doesn't figure in the plans at all. And I think the fact that, that you know he wasn't even on the bench for a, a Carabao Cup game um, at all, you, yeah, you know, he wasn't even you know wasn't in the match day squad, is an in- indicative of the fact that he has no future under. Under Ange Postecoglou, if he goes out, if he if he goes out the door, then they will they will need to. I, in my opinion, they will need to replace him because simply because of a lack of you know there's a lack of experience there as well, uh, and he's a big figure in the, in in the dressing room. So um, definitely a centre, you know, definitely a centre half. But as you've mentioned, I think that the, the priorities have shifted somewhat. Over the past over the past couple of weeks, and I think trying to fill those forward places is is the priority right now for for Ange Postecoglou. Uh, we might just go into a bit more detail on that that Eric Dyer situation because it's it's one that that kind of seemed to be bubbling under the surface until um, kind of before the season started. You know, Dyer had been a little bit active on social media regarding his his feelings about the the, the captaincy and kind of seems though maybe he thought he, he deserves to, to get that armband. Um, but it, it has turned into a very tense situation. And, and like you mentioned, Eric Dyer, he's, he's not been in any matchday squad so far this season for three yeah. Premier League games. And you'd argue most crucially for, for a Carabao Cup game, which could show exactly where um, where Postecoglou's mind is at with the player. Now, he only has 12 months left on his contract at Spurs. And 
I'm, I'm sure there's a bit of a disagreement there at the moment. If he, uh, whether the club wants him to go on a permanent deal, he might want a loan deal. I'm sure there's a, a lot of discussions going on there. But but what 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 I suppose what's happened to to, to get us to this point? You know, has was was Postecoglou from minute one thinking that Dyer isn't there, um, isn't going to be in that team, and as well we're hearing rumors today that that Bayern Munich could be interested. Uh, I was wondering if you if you've heard anything about that. Yeah. So I think it's a it is a delicate situation because Ange Postecoglou, although he would have gone in there with his own ideas and his own tactical his own tactical setup, and he will have a plan of how he wants to set his team up and how he wants to play. Pretty clear, I think, we from the from the opening four weeks of the season that Eric Dyer doesn't feature in those plans um, for whatever reason. Um, but I think the other, but I also think Ange Postecoglou would have known, given the experience that he has, is what a big call it would be to completely cut uh, Eric Dyer from from the squad because of the pull and sway that he will have inside that dressing room. It's it, it's it's you know he can't stress enough. You know him and ha- him Harry Kane were, were such big big figures in that in that dressing room and and for one to be ripped out and, and one's gone to buy Munich and then for, for the other to be to, to be sort of fallen by the wayside completely as well um is a big call for man Postacoglu and he would have gone into that situation with his with his wide with his eyes wide open and knowing what implications that could have had thankfully so far it, it, it's worked out um which doesn't leave obviously Eric Dyer in a, in a, in a, at the moment in a particularly comfortable situation because he's he's currently at a club where he knows he's not going to play. I think he I would now ideally I think he recognises that you know he his time is up and he 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 at least has to go out on loan to play some football this season. Otherwise, it's going to be a really really long season for him. Doing probably very little at all. Um. And I think it's dawned on him that he probably needs to get out. But this is, you know, this is where the club and Eric Dyer need to come and sit down very quickly to come to an arrangement. So for the betterment of of, of Eric Dyer's situation, so we can actually go out and play some games. Um, I think the fact that he is, he has been such a loyal servant to the club Um should be a factor. That's just, it's my opinion that it should be a factor because, you know, he's given, you know, he's given the best part of his career of to, to Tottenham and, you know, it's clear now that he isn't going to play much under Ange Postacoglu. There has to be, in my opinion, there has to be a situation where Tottenham will, will try and facilitate, obviously, you know, with regards to, they don't want to leave themselves high and dry financially or anything like that. But um, if, if there's a situation where they can facilitate Eric Dyer to go on amicable, amicable terms, I, I, personally, I think they should try and do that. Much like the, you know, much it's much like the Hugo Lloris situation. I think Hugo Lloris is still at the club um, because a lot of the, a lot of the clubs don't want to pay a fee for him, but he's still he's still contracted and. Um, I think that's part of the reason why there, there must be again there must be another way for, um, for 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 that for that situation to be resolved. Yeah, I think a couple of the points that you made there are absolutely crucial, and the first one in being that that, that Dyer has been a great servant to the club, and 
Um, I made the point towards the end of last season when when Dyer was getting you know a, a lot of criticism and not just from a footballing basis, but people obviously going a little bit too far as football fans do. That I think we need to do a better job of differentiating Eric Dyer the player and Eric Dyer the person because the, Eric Dyer is a player. You know, back maybe five six years ago in, in that Pochettino team when he's playing in midfield, he was so crucial um, tactically to what we were doing, but also he was a player that you wanted to see on the football pitch and. I think he's been a victim of some systems. Also, maybe he's just not a good centre-back. But what he's been for this team, for the players around him, has, has been absolutely huge. Deli Ali spoke of that recently, but also we know how he was part of that leadership group and obviously how close Harry Kane, who was such a big figure, would have been to him that clearly he's been very good for the club. And another point yeah. that so many managers have come in and, and wanted to play yeah. him. You know, clearly there's, there's something there that he brought in. And on the leadership perspective as well, you look at that team that started last night against Fulham, and for this season's leadership group, you had Madison, Romero and Son, and none of them were on the pitch. And last yeah. season's group in Kane, uh, it was Kane, Hoybier and, and Lloris and Dyer, none of them were on the pitch either. So that we are lacking leaders in there, especially when we start to look to our, to our fringe players. So yeah. I think it, it's it's a very good point that we should be yeah. looking to maybe bring in someone with a bit of leadership about them yeah. as well. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've, I've articulated that, that that quite well, but I'm effectively saying that because he's been there, because he's been there so long, I just think Eric Dyer and Hugo Lloris should be afforded a little bit more leeway from the club just to help mm-hmm. a little bit of extra help. If that means knocking a little bit off his pro- off their price or paying a little bit of his wages moving forward or anything like that, just to get, you know, just so they can, a bit of goodwill, just so they can go out and play a bit of football or go and play football this season. I think, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure you can, aff- I'm not sure you can afford that level of comfort to every every player on your books but i think when it you know when that when when they're kind of part of the fabric which i think eric dyer is and i think hugo Lloris is um i think those circumstances should should change slightly no i, I do i do completely agree with you on that one um we're gonna move on to jeff tanganga just before we do um there's some reports coming out from spain at the moment that the, there's been a breakthrough in the fatty deal so maybe that's something we might hear a little bit more about in the in the next couple of hours um, but some some good news there for Spurs. <laughs> it's been, been, been a couple of weeks since we got that. Um, but yeah, just to speak about uh, Jaffa Tanganga, um, there's been, to be fair, there has been a decent amount of interest in his services this summer. Um, uh, Luton Town and Everton reportedly interested in taking him on loan and there may have been a bit of contact from Everton today. Inter Milan have also been keen on the player and um, Torino, I think it was today. Um, yeah, Torino, so he proposed move to Torino, fell through earlier today. Um, so again, that, that lists the club's interest it might be dwindling a little bit but after making his debut in 2018 Sammy he's made 50 appearances for the club but he's never been able to to get a, a solid place in that starting 11 he's been in and out he's been rumored to leave uh, a couple of times do you think this is one that we'll we'll get a resolution to this summer I think it makes sense yeah for it for him he, he, you know again he's he's another one much like Eric Dyer I don't think he's going to be able to play much much first team football under uh, and Postecoglou this season um so I think it Makes sense for all parties for for a parting of the ways. Um, I haven't heard the, I, I hadn't heard the Everton th- the Everton thing, but I, ha- I have heard the Luton thing over the past day or so day or two. Um, but I think Everton or or Luton will be good, be, you know, good moves for him. I know that there'll be both clubs will probably be entrenched in relegation fights, but um, I think that would serve a purpose. For, for Jaffet Tanganga just to go out and play some regular games in the Premier League. Um, and then, you know, he can he can move on from there. Um, but I, Jaffet Tanganga is certainly a player, I think, you know, 
would benefit from from certainly leaving Tottenham this this year, and uh, I'm sure he's hoping that he can he can come to some sort of resolution and and and, and get out and, and play some football this year. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Before we move on to the fullbacks, um, I just want to ask you quickly about Hugo Lloris, who um, we touched on there a second ago. You'd imagine that he, you know, we, we do know that he's top of that list of, of players that we're, lo- we're looking to try and get out. And again, interest has come and interest has gone most recently from Lazio with uh, Hugo Lloris reportedly turning down the the, the chance to join them. Um, where, where, where do we stand on this one at the moment? Do we know, is there, are there more interested parties or is it looking increasingly likely that we, we may just terminate his contract? Yeah, I think I think it may it might it may go down to that. Um, the Lazio thing was interesting. I, I remember when the reports in Italy were were coming out quite strongly. I think it, it must have been a couple of weeks ago, and then I, I um, uh, made a couple of calls on it, and it was it was it wasn't any anywhere near as advanced as as it was being made out to be. And I think I also think the player himself has had 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 significant reservations about going over to Italy. Uh, to, to to probably be a number two, I think he, he he wasn't really up for up for that. And at the time, I was led to believe that um, he was gonna he was gonna turn it down, even though the the the, the, the kind of the Italy the, the Italian um, media and you know they you know I'm not saying that they were incorrect, but they were they were pushing that they they were pushing that he was he was close to coming. Um, and I, my understanding of that situation was that he he did have reservations about being a number two, and I think he wants to go somewhere where you know he'll be he'll be um, playing first team football and be and, and be a number one. Where, you know, where where we can get that at his age, you know, remains to be seen. But he's a you know he's a World Cup winner at the end of the day, and he's got massive pedigree. And I think I think most clubs uh, or a lot of clubs in Europe would. Would look at Hugo Lloris if they need a goalkeeper. Would look at Hugo Lloris and think, yeah, that he's a he's a, a good proposition for them. And I'm sure there'll be other sort of interested parties in in Lloris moving forward. And and obviously, if, if they terminate his contract, he's a free. So there's no there's no time limit on 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 when he can go. He can go after the after the window closes on Friday. Yeah, and I think you speak for for every Spurs fan when I say, you know, we we, we hope he gets that move and we hope he gets to. To play football again somewhere where he'll where he'll enjoy his game and, and be able to show again what, what he can actually do. Um, one deal that Spurs did manage to get over the line today in terms of outgoings was the loaning of Jed Spence to Championship side Leeds United. Um, Tottenham made a signing just twelve months ago. Uh, it was a very very encouraging signing at the time, or or, or six Spence uh, as it was called, or six signing of um, of last summer. But he he failed to impress Antonio Conte when the Italian was in North London up until earlier this year. And I think it's very clear as well that Ange Postecoglou hasn't taken to to the youngster either. Uh, what can you tell us about the that move that was completed earlier today? Yeah, I think um, Jed Spence arrived with a big, <clears throat> I mean, a big fanfare. He was fantastic in that championship season at, at Nottingham Forest, helping them to promotion. Um, one of the best, he was one of hands down one of the best players outside the top flight. And at the time, it looked like a big coup for for Tottenham to to, to be able to get him. Um, I think what had become abundantly clear was that 
that wasn't a Conti signing. I think that was a that was a club signing with a view to embedding him into into the team for to you know to be part of the 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 the, the, the club and the team's future. What is now clear is you know Antonio Conte wanted players for the there and then. They wanted him for the here and now, and he you know he wanted success straight away and and embedding a, a a youngster into your team at right back at, 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 well then it would have been right wing back um probably wasn't conducive to to what Conti wanted to achieve last season um so unfortunately for him he spent most of last year the vast majority of last year on the bench not playing much football so and history looked like it was about to repeat himself for whatever reason and under and Postacoglu. so I think going to Leeds um makes a lot of sense. My information last week was that it, it wasn't just Leeds who were in for him. There were clubs in Italy. I think there were also clubs in Spain looking at him. And he was given really sort of big consideration to sort of up in sticks and going going to play football abroad. But Leeds is such a massive club, really. And, you know, when they come, when they, Leeds come knocking, um, it's hard to turn them down. You know, and, and if, as expected, the season goes the way Leeds want it to go, He'll be, you know, he'll be sort of part of another promotion push, and that experience would be massive for for a, for a club like Leeds this season. Yeah. Um. Before we do get on to uh, talking about Sergio Regalon, um, I want to remind all our all our viewers and listeners that the transfer deadline isn't the only deadline coming up. Um. You may have heard that last word on Spurs have been nominated for the football content awards. Um. For the the, the best podcast. So. Um, if you want to help us out, um, you can nominate us by tweeting. I'm voting in the FCAs for last word on Spurs in best podcast in the Premier, Premier League. Or alternatively, you can scan the QR code uh, there or visit the link on the site where you can you can nominate last word on Spurs. Uh, the deadline for that is midnight on Sunday. Um, I, I have to say there's not a man on this planet. There's not a group of people on this planet that deserves it more than than Ricky and the, the incredible people that, that he has on here. So please, if you can spare 30 seconds, uh, do make sure to, to nominate Last Word on Spurs. Because again, the, the work that Ricky puts in is, is second to none. Um, and he does deserve it more than anybody. Um, but Sammy, back to business. Uh, where do we stand on the future of Sergio Regulon? So a move to Real Sociedad was one that looked like the perhaps the best option for him. Um, but they've announced the loan signing of Kieran Tierney, so we know that deal is off. Manchester United uh, rumoured to be interested earlier this week, but it looks like they're prioritising the loan signing of Mark Kukurea from uh, from Chelsea. Are, are there other interested parties that, that could maybe look to get a, a deal done for Regalon? I think Regalon will be one of the players that um, Tottenham try to use as mate weights in, in deals for their, for, for their targets in the next 20, you know, 24, 48 hours. I know that's certainly been been the case so far this season, um, but without any takers, I I actually, um, I, I sort of I actually sort of spoke to a couple of Premier League clubs last last week to find out if they would have some interest in regular in regular on the both of them were were firm no's for whatever reason, but um, I think it's going to be tough to to potentially send him permanently just because of the wages that he's on and I'm not sure many clubs would be prepared to pay to pay those wages um, so I think maybe his best regular best bet would be make potentially a loan move away again or or maybe a a a move as part of a you know part of another deal which would see potentially Tottenham pay part of regular wages to to top up whatever the other the other club would pay um, that 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 could be another option, but again, I think you know it's clear now. Regulon 
Regulon doesn't have much of a future under Ange Postacoglu, and it'll be best for him and and for Tottenham really for for him to move to pastures new. Yeah, it's 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 such a, a strange one the way this has developed for me because I remember when when we signed Regulon in from from Real Madrid with Gareth Bale, they had a, a buyback clause that they could activate within two years of of the signing being made, and I remember the the summer after. Regulon's first season at Real Madrid or at Spurs, we were we were terrified that uh, the Real Madrid were going to come back in yeah. and, and buy him for thirty five million. But things have uh, have changed so drastically, and I think that this this summer's managerial change was probably the the the, the biggest catalyst that 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 could have come Regulon's way because he's just not suited to the inverted fullback role that uh, the Destiny Udogi is is thriving in in this in this system. So again, like the majority of these potential outgoings we're talking about, it, it does just seem to be the. Uh, the best option for the player uh, as well as the best option for the club. Um, now, uh, another suitor has come and gone, Sammy, for uh, Tottenham's record signing, Tongi Undambele. Uh, Tottenham reportedly agreed a deal with Genoa at the Italian side today that would see the French midfielder join them on loan, but Undambele has turned that opportunity down and wants to play Champions League football this coming season as well after winning the Scudetto with Napoli last year. It seems as though the list of potential destinations for um, for Indomale is quickly falling away to, to almost nothing. Now, I think in the last couple of hours, there have been a few reports that Galatasaray have rekindled their interest there. Do Tottenham still have hope that they, they will be able to find a home for Indomale? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure they do because he earns, I think he earns so much money. He's on £200,000 a week that I'm sure they'll be absolutely desperate to get to get him off the wage bill. Um, I find it incredible... Um, that he he is sort of prioritising a club in the Champions League. Um, surely his 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 priority is just to go out and play regular football uh, to get his career back on track. Because there's no doubt about it. There's you know there is there is talent there. There is fantastic talent there. We saw in bit parts of you know his, his first season uh, at the club. That there is, there is a you know there is a there is a good player there, but he just seems to lack that appetite to to wanting you know to wanting to sort of almost roll his roll, roll his sleeves up and and to get you know to get stuck in and to get dirty a little bit. And I think well, I think that's what it's going to take for him to get back to those levels. That's all Tottenham pay. I can't remember what it was now. I know over sixty million pounds for him. Um. Yeah, he's he's a player that obviously has no future there. He's a, he's a player that everyone I think from Postacoglu to the board are keen to are keen to offload. But in this instance, it look it seems to me that it, it's the player who is being uh, being difficult about it and being particular about it rather than you know the other way around. I mean, as much as we can we can criticise Ndombele for, for kind of the time he spent at Spurs, if I was on 200 grand a week and I knew I, I wasn't going to get anywhere near that somewhere else, I mean, like, I can understand why he's... Why he's oh, quite. To no, yeah, it's it's mm. a very important, I think, that's a very important thing to to to, 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 to point out there, Matt. I, you know, a lot a lot of, you know, a lot of supporters will say, oh, you were, you know, you weren't enough, why do you need that extra money? But, you know, if you put... You put yourself in that. If you put yourself in that situation, you would likely, you know, you you will tell yourself, oh, you know, I'm earning two hundred grand a week here. Why am I going to go somewhere else and earn whatever, you know, significantly significantly less? Um, it just doesn't make financial self for the person, you know. It, it, in some situations, it, you know, it, you know, some players are, are happy to do that, 
then and Dumbley isn't happy to do that, and that's his, you know, that's his prerogative. You know, he's the one that they, they both signed the contracts. You know, Tottenham and not and Dumbley both agreed the contracts, so they have to kind of abide. They both have to got, uh, abide by them, and, and and yeah, you know, but you know, I know I've just said he, he needs to have more of an appetite, but I think Matt, you make a really good point. I think you make a really good point there about the about the financial ramifications of. Of taking, you know, of, of, of moving on and, and, and earning less money than he is now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I kind of know the answer to the the question I'm about to ask. But do do we know why Pastacoglu isn't um, isn't keen to, to get Ndombele involved in the team? Is it that that kind of attitude that we've been hearing about for the last four years? I think that's part of it. Yeah, but you know, I if if Ange Pastacoglu really believed that uh, Tangai Ndombele could 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 play a key role in his in his plans. I think we would, you know, we potentially see Andy Postacoglu maybe try and eat that little bit more out of him or try to unlock whatever needs unlocking in his, you know, in, in his temperament and his character. But um, I think Andy Postacoglu would have looked at the situation and, and, and said, yeah, he's a good player. You know, he could be useful, but, you know, not to the extent where... You know, they may be prepared to put up with some of the, some of the character traits that that Antipostokoglu won't like. So I think they've all decided that the the, the the best thing for all parties is is to move on to try and get him out the door. Um, and then you know that way they will free up a hell of a lot of money uh, if they are if they are able to do that. But as you say, Matt, I think it's it it will be easier said than done because. Those are the perils of paying someone two hundred thousand pounds a week. It is hard if it, if it isn't a success, then it is hard to sort of get them out the door. Hello, this is Russ Williams from the Last Word on Spurs, and I just wanted to tell you about my brand new book, Sad but True: One Hundred Sad but True Stories from Around the World, like Chinese marathon runner, fifty-year-old Uncle Chen, who competed in a local marathon race and chain smoked cigarettes the entire way round. He finished the race in a very respectable three hours and 28 minutes. And from South Wales, the story of Leon Gleed, who burned his bum when he used Tesco toilet cleaning wipes instead of normal toilet paper. No permanent damage was done. Sad but true. Don't go to the loo without it. Out now on Amazon Kindle. And to the... The, the midfield maestro that was brought in uh, with Tongi and Damale four years ago, another huge signing, um, Giovanni Lo Celso. And after a summer of, of the rumour mill running there as well with Barcelona, a team that were um, believed to be keen, it, it does look as though Lo Celso is, is in Postacoglu's plans for the season. Of course, started the, the Carabao Cup defeat to Fulham last night, despite being taken off at halftime to be replaced by Dane Scarlett. How, how and I, I don't mean this to sound the way it might sound, but how, how have we ended up at this point? You know, what, what has happened behind the scenes for, for Lo Celso to have made this complete turnaround in, in his career at Spurs? Yeah, I, I listen, I, I'm not party to to, 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 to everything that, that, that you know goes on behind the scenes, but my my reading of that situation is that Lo Celso has been quite impressive and you know and and, and, and I think he's looked at that Pastacoglu's looked at that looked at Lo Celso and thought, yeah, he's a he's a player who had the technical attributes to, to 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 do a job for us in in you know for, for this season and um, if that means it saves the money and they can go and get another player elsewhere then uh, you know one hundred percent that is that is something that you know Postecoglou will be w- w- would be up for and I think Lascelles certainly has got the 
the attributes to do it to do a job for 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 Tottenham. He's got the, you know, we all know about his passing ability. I think maybe one of the one of the the the, the doubts that there's been with Lacelso is he maybe just lacks a little bit of the physicality that you would need to 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 be a real dominant force in in, in Premier League football in a centre midfield position. Um, but technically. He's very, very good. He keeps the ball, and I think he fits the ethos that Postecoglou wants to wants to implement. And and I, I can certainly see why the the managers looked at him and thought, yeah, he can, you know, he can he can stick around because he's a player that we can use. Another midfielder who started that uh, cup defeat last night, Pierre Emil Hoybier, um, despite being involved in in preseason and making a couple of sub appearances in the Premier League this season, he's another midfielder who's been touted to to depart and move on to. Um, to pastures new in, in this summer window. Atletico Madrid had a long-standing interest. Uh, looks have come to an end uh, as they they failed to strike a deal with Spurs. Potentially their their failure to sell Rodrigo de Paul to Alali might have played a part in their maybe financial um, worries in trying to get that deal done. Manchester United ha- had also put Emil, Pierre-Emil Hoybier on a list of potential targets for, for their midfield recruitment, but it looks as though they're going to go down the path of bringing in Sofian Amrabat on loan instead. Are, are we now expecting Hoybier to, to remain as Spurs for for the season ahead? It's looking that way, and I I, I I wrote it myself. I thought there was a very good chance that he would end up at uh, Atletico uh, this summer. He he was a he was a priority he was a priority target for 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 Diego Simeone. My understanding earlier in the summer was that Tottenham were open to doing it for the obviously for the right price. They were open to doing it. The play was certainly up for going. So I think a lot of the boxes were ticked before, you know, before negotiations even happened. But, you know, as as ever, Daniel Levy is, 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 is sort of driven a hard bargain. And um, that deal, you know, is, is sort of no real closer than it was about three or four, five weeks ago, really. Um, unless there's a breakthrough with Atletico in the next in the next forty eight hours, and you know Hoiberg will be you know will be remaining at Tottenham. I think there was there was credence also in the uh, in the Man United link. I was sort of when when that story broke on Monday night, I uh, sort of started sending out a few texts, and I got a a tentative kind of text back saying yes, there is there is an interest, and in there's but there's only really a small chance that it, that it can happen um, with the view to the fact that I think United had their eye on. On someone else, and it's since transpired that that is Sofian Amrabat, and um, it looks like he's the one that they that, that they're going to go for. For what it's worth, United have kind of insisted over the past week or so that they weren't really in the market for a centre midfielder, and I think what what may have <laughs> what may have changed that is the potential departure of Scott McTominay, uh, where there's interest in Bayern Munich, and if, if and obviously we know about West Ham as well, McTominay, so. Um, Perhaps Amrabat or Hoiberg's potential arrival at Man United would signal the, that that McTominay is 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 off. I think with the way United have started the season, they were probably only trying to kid themselves <laughs> if they were saying they yeah. um, they, they weren't in the market for for a centre midfielder. You know, for, from from their perspective, in a very similar situation at the start of last season, um, must be must be worrying for them that they're they're back here yet again as we as we head into the new campaign. Um, do, do we know if Spurs have any sort of contingency contingency plan in place if, if Hoybier is to depart or if we are to lose maybe a couple of centre midfielders in the last couple of days? Is there anyone that they may potentially look to bring in? You know, names like Conor Gallagher, um, Eberechi Eze have, have been named kind of consistently throughout this window. 
Yeah, yeah. I listen. I think that it's no secret that they that they're admirers of of Conor Gallagher. Um, but my sort of my understanding is that Conor Gallagher would rather stay and fight for his place at um, uh, at Chelsea. I think he's been he's consistently said that over the past eighteen months. Uh, I think he's. I, I, I'd have to look at. I, I've only seen Chelsea once this season, and, and the game I did see with Chelsea, the, they, he started that game in the first game of the season. But I, I don't know if he's played much since. Um, but I suspect his game time at Chelsea in centre midfield will be kind of greatly, um, great, greatly limited in the coming weeks. Obviously, they've they've, they've signed Casado. Uh, Lavia is, is 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 working his way to fitness. Once he's fit, I'm sure he'll be he, you know, he'll be in the team. They've got Enzo in there, um, who's obviously going to be a regular, uh, as is Casado. So his first team appearances at Chelsea could li- could be limited, and you know that 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 could be a factor if Tottenham um, look to come back in over the next 48 hours. I suspect, you know, they will they will keeping a, a close eye on Gallagher's situation, whether they bid remains to be seen. But I think that, you know, that is certainly a situation that Tottenham will be taking a watching brief on. On Eze, again, you know, the, the, there is an interest there. I think then that there's no secret to that. And, and it, you know, it, it would be weird if there wasn't an interest in there. But actually, Eze, because he's a, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic footballer who is entering his prime now. Made his England debut in the summer. Um, his stock is soaring and he's going from strength to strength. He's got everything you kind of need to be a successful attacking player in the Premier League. Um, so it's no surprise that Tottenham have, have looked at him and thought he would be, um, he would he would fit the bill for them. It will be a difficult deal to do though with Palace at this stage of the, at this stage of the summer, um, having lost Wilfred Zaha. And also, given that they have very little money to spend on strengthening this summer, to lose a player like Eberechieze, who is probably now the most talismatic, talismatic um, attacker in the, in, in the team, really, to lose him at this stage of the summer, uh, knowing full well that you couldn't go out and get a like-for-like replacement, would be, would be a bitter pill for Palace to swallow. And... Uh, I think getting Eze out of Palace would be a very, very tall order. And if Tottenham were able to do it, it would cost anything between kind of, you know, you're looking at 70 to 70, you know, 70 to 75, 80 million pounds, which I'm just not sure um, they would be prepared to do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, it's, we 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 do like to spend money when it's wrong. I think is the the the, the typical um the typical history that Spurs have with Ndombele and um a few other the the, the top signings that we have. But Eze would be a, a fantastic player to bring in. Um, I just want to ask you uh, about a couple of strikers that Spurs have been reporting linked in. Anyone who might have joined the show in the last half an hour or so, uh, we did speak about Brennan Johnson and Ansu Fadi at the top of the show. Um, if you do want to go back and, and listen to that. But in terms of of out out number nines, you know maybe at at this point of the window, it's not something that Spurs are. Uh, particularly focusing on, but there have been a number of names linked as, uh, to rattle off a few of them as uh, Gift Orban from uh, from Ghent in, Benge- in, in Belgium, uh, Jonathan David, Ranald Kolomouani, Duzan Vlahovic, uh, Wilfred Nanto, Ivan Tony, and Pepe from Porto. Is there anything that we should keep an eye on with, with any of those players in, in the coming days or is, is it purely Johnson and Fatty at this point? I think it's Johnson and Fatty at this point. Uh, um, but I, th- and I hear that... Um, 
this was earlier in the summer that Johnson, they look at Johnson who is as a player who could potentially play as a as a number nine. Um, he's kind of got those attributes. He's quick. He might, you know, he might. He's not the he's not the cane type. Of course, he's not. But he 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 brings different facets to to forward play, and I think there is um, there is potentially a role as a number nine for Brendan Johnson if he was to arrive, uh, which you know makes signing an out and out number nine potentially less as a, less of a priority if they can get that deal over the line. But certainly from the from the name you just mentioned, their gift Auburn is is a player that is. Um, that has been linked heavily, and 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 I think that that um, that interest is genuine, from what I understand. But I think it's it may one now that is slightly put on the back burner. I think the interest won't go. I think it will continue, and it may be one to resurrect the club, resurrect in the in future windows. But right now, I think trying to get two two wide players, and one of those players being a player you know who's versatile, who could probably play through the middle, uh, and maybe a midfielder would be would be the priority right now. Sammy, as Ricky would always say, the, the interrogation is nearly over. Um, we've just got a, an, another couple of questions um, that we want to bring to you. Um, I just want to say to everyone who, who's tuned in for the, the live show on YouTube, thank you very much. There's been almost a thousand of you um, watching consistently for the, the majority of the show. Uh, make sure to drop your thanks in, in the live chat for Sammy before we give him the, the questions that no one likes to answer on these shows, which is why I love to ask them. Um, a, a bit of a two-parter here, Sammy, and I'm sure you're, you're used to it at this point. Um, but I want to ask you, first of all, what you feel would, would constitute success for Ange Postecoglou this season. And second of all, how many players do you think Tottenham will sign uh, before the window closes on Friday? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, all right, first question. That's, um, I think a top six finish would be a successful season for Tottenham. I, I don't know if Tottenham supporters would want to hear that, but there are, are a lot of good teams in the Premier League now that have who will have spent a lot of money strengthening their 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 their, their squads by the by the end of the transfer window. So that that top that top area of the of the league is is so strong, and I think to finish in the top and you've also got the sort of the emergence now of Aston Villa as a force as well, and obviously Newcastle last season, and it's so it's kind of so condensed up there. Um, that you know, Tottenham fans will always look at it and say, oh, "We want to finish in the top four. Of course you do, and of, and and of course you've got a chance because um, even without Harry Kane, I think you you know you've got um, you've got assets in your team that can that uh, that can push that can push uh, the team towards towards that top four that top four region. But I think all in all, if you to, if you could finish in the top six, I think that is a positive season in a first season for a new manager who is just still still trying to implement his vision to the club um in terms of the transfer window in the last two days i think you will i think you will get two players i think you'll make you'll sign one attacker and you'll look to get another midfielder over the line well, look, that, that's certainly a higher number than the majority of Spurs fans I've spoken to have, have been looking at for the, the, the last couple of days. But Sammy, uh, again, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening. It's, it's been a fantastic show and there's been a lot of love in the comments um, and a lot of appreciation for the, the insight that you've been able to, to offer us and the, the madness that the transfer window has become. Um, again, I'm sure it's going to be a, a very, very busy couple of days to you, but if you want to just let the viewers know where they can find you and, and, and follow your work over the next 48 hours. So, yeah, I... Uh... My work is on um, the Daily Mail Mail Online, which is uh, www.dailymail.co.uk. My Twitter handle, or well, X handle now, obviously we need to call it by its right, its right, uh, its right uh, name, 
is a Sammy Mockbell underscore 81 DM. Brilliant, Sammy. Again, thank you so, so much. For myself, to everyone who's tuned in on the live YouTube show and everyone listening back on audio, thank you very, very much for tuning in. Um, you, you'll be happy to know that Ricky will be back soon. Um, there's been a, a, a few comments. He, he's, he's just on a flight at the moment, um, which is which is why he couldn't join us. But um, you, you'll definitely be seeing his face back in this spot of the stream uh, very, very soon. Thank you, everyone, for the support. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you again, Sammy, for, for your insight tonight. And let's hope it's a, it's a busy couple of days for Spurs. There'll be plenty of content here on Last Word on Spurs. So do make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be kept right up up to date with it over the, the next couple of days but for me for now as always come on you spurs sports social podcast network